Welcome to the AI Learners Lounge. I'm your host, Cambria, and this is a podcast where AI meets learning and development. From exploring how AI facilitates individual learning to understanding its integration into broader organizational strategies, we tackle it all. Every episode brings fresh perspectives, innovative ideas, and actionable advice for those looking to weave AI into the fabric of the modern learning experiences. Join me as we navigate the intersection of technology and human potential right here on the AI Learner Lounge. Hello, and welcome back to the AI Learner Lounge podcast for episode 22. So today we're going to be looking at the future role of learning and development now that we have generative AI. So with generative AI, it undoubtedly brings change, and there's a lot of fear about us being replaced by AI. But learning and development, for the most part, we're pretty secure, but that doesn't mean our role will be the same as it is today. So in a McKinsey report that I mentioned in episode 20 of the podcast, The Year of the Human, one thing that they had pointed out is that learning and development or training in educators are what they consider a gateway career or high mobility. So it has a low barrier to entry. The degrees help, but it's not necessarily required to get it getting started. And it provides a living wage. So it gains more experience too for some of those higher level positions to transition into. Now with these gateway jobs, one of the challenges that they identified is that some of the tasks like office support or coding, those type of things, they can now be done relatively easy with AI. So a lot of these gateway jobs, they're really at risk of being automated. And McKinsey estimates that between 2030 and 2060, generative AI it may be able to perform half of the gateway jobs that many of the workers without degrees have pursued. So this is where they started looking at future-proof skills rather than future-proof careers, which I talked about this a little bit before, but it's worth mentioning again. So the three skills that they had identified were social-emotional understanding, comfort with ambiguity, which really gets into problem-solving in different contexts, and then having a physical presence that requires hand-eye coordination, so something that would be hard for machines to replicate. Now, for us in learning and development, or training is what they look at for it, We meet two out of three of those. So we have the social emotional and the comfort with ambiguity are considered skills vital for our careers. And while AI can create our course objectives or outlines, we really have the more nuanced ability as humans and experienced humans in the field to be able to adapt and tailor that to the situation, understanding both the organizational and the performance context and things like that. And with these skills, educators met all three of those. So when we think about our role in that context, it's one of the more secure careers out there compared to the office management positions, customer support, and those type of positions. But that potential displacement rate that they gave us through 2030 for training is right around 14%. Now, for special education teachers, it's right around 16%, and daycare administrators right around 15%. So this is what they're projecting the percentage that would be displaced because of generative AI and AI automation. 
Now, that number seems a little scary to me because it's more than one in 10 professionals. But these are still among McKinsey's top 20 professions with the lowest adoption rates and the lowest risk there. And just because there's 14% automation potential, it doesn't mean that 14% of us are going to be displaced or replaced with AI. It just means that we adapt and our roles and focus might shift a bit. So when we think about the future of learning and development, there's really four primary ways I see our role changing. That's with the AI-optimized processes, reimagining learning, helping build an AI-ready organization, and tomorrow's workforce. So for AI-optimized processes, this is really where we leverage AI in our workflows. And I think this is where a lot of the conversation is happening right now on social media and different conferences where we're learning what we can do with generative AI and how it can help us be more efficient and do things better. So it could be as simple as brainstorming with ChatGPT all the way over to augmenting our data analysis. The possibilities with it are they're pretty broad. And what we're seeing today, it's really just scratching the surface of what's possible. So how we do things and what we spend our time on, that's what's really going to shift. And if there's routine, rote tasks, automating it with AI can free us up to do more complex work. And then for that complex work, that's where our AI-human collaboration can come in and we can really fuse our expertise and abilities with AI capabilities. Now, when we hear about generative AI for learning and development, it's easy to jump to worst case scenario where we have a full-fledged AI as a trainer or facilitator and we're just there validating data and giving it the inputs, but that's probably not the case. AI is still going to need us and likely will for many years, and our organizations and learners need us too. But they also need us to be able to adapt and improve how we work today so we can help keep pace with some of the changes that are coming. And that's really where we get into the second, which is reimagining learning experiences. Now, this is where I think we really have the opportunity to rethink how we design learning experiences. If we look at microlearning, for example, we have a tendency to make it very static. So we put out a video or an article and we might call it microlearning, which sometimes works. But really what we want and many learning and development professionals do is to create exercises and make it more interactive, practice-focused. But it's harder to do that at scale. And so we're often missing out on that practice and application. So that's where AI can bring us real opportunities in this sense. So this is especially true for instructional designers and e-learning developers and other positions like that, not just integrating AI, but really fusing your expertise to make it effective, right? So if we look at scenario-based training, right now we can create branching scenarios with predefined outputs pretty easily. It takes skill to be able to do that, make them meaningful and authentic to what that is that we would encounter in a real world situation. And with AI, we now have a couple opportunities. So first, we have the AI avatar videos with companies like Synthesia, where we could use those within those branching scenarios with those predefined outcomes, just to make them a little more realistic. And then we also have the opportunity to use an API to integrate a large language model like ChatGPT, and it turns almost into a choose-your-own-adventure type story. So that's where it's more adaptive to what the learner's responding. So that means for instructional design, 
we're really needing to look at what fits best for our context. Is there a predefined outcome or an exact response we need, or is it more fluid? Should it be able to adapt to what the learner is giving it and have tailored feedback provided? But to do that, we need to understand the capabilities of AI and the limitations too, so we can make those design choices. And then e-learning developers too, they need to know not just how to use these tools and how to connect it to an API if they're in that role, but to keep up with the tools and see what's most effective and most efficient time-wise so they can make recommendations on that. It's with this that we also find the need to have solid prompt engineering skills because these are learner-facing and it brings more risk if the chatbot or tool is hallucinating or giving it responses it's not supposed to, it's going to harm the learning experience. So to be able to do that, you need to be able to build in the prompt in a way that gets it to respond how you'd expect it to. And then being able to set up actual testing with users and taking that input and improving it. That's a real skill and a task that's going to be very much important in instructional design and e-learning development. And we can also look beyond just the training itself. So knowledge management and performance support, that's huge opportunity with AI, along with practicing conversations and all these other things. So this is where we can really start to rethink what learning looks like and be able to do some things we haven't before because we've had some limitations. And then when we get into the third, which is building an AI-ready organization, it's not just learning and development who needs to learn AI, right? The teams and individuals in our organizations do too. Now for this, some organizations just aren't there yet, but in coming years, they're going to be where they're going to need to have that basic AI literacy throughout the organization. And others are bringing in external consultants or trainers to help build that and provide basic education. It's actually something that I do with organizations. But even if external consultants are coming in and delivering these trainings, it doesn't mean that learning and development doesn't need to be involved in this too. A one-time training is not enough for a long-term impact, right? So with my training, I offer a toolkit for individuals to help them continue to practice and build skills after our session. But it's really the internal learning and development who understand that organizational context. New tools are going to be adopted. Workflows are changing. So there's going to be a continuing need for learning and development to provide needs analysis and continue building on that AI literacy. And then the last way I think our roles in learning and development are going to shift is really we need to start preparing tomorrow's workforce. So we talked about how automation might change roles. And a lot of times that requires reskilling or upskilling. In the last podcast episode, I shared IKEA's effort to transform call center workers into design consultants because of AI. And with that, they trained thousands of employees. So we're likely going to see more transformations with generative AI becoming adopted by more organizations. And if you're in HR or organizational development or other roles, you might be more involved in that transformation aspect and designing what those roles and workflows are. But even with just learning and development and instructional design, we'll still need to be strategic partners with different areas of the organization to make that shift successful. 
Thank you for joining me for episode 22 of the AI Learner Lounge. Please join me again next Tuesday for another episode.